Hey guys, today is a put yourself first first. We're going to be chatting all things interiors. I'm interviewing award-winning interiors blogger Victoria who blogs at apartment number four. She shares her top tips to create a beautiful space but we also go into the business of blogging, how she transitioned from being made redundant to blogging full-time. She's also spiritual like myself and we discuss the law of attraction and other spiritual concepts that she has used to her advantage to set her goals, set her intentions, achieve everything that she's achieved in the past couple of years. She's done amazing things. You should definitely check her out. I'm obsessed with her blog because I just can't stop thinking about interiors since me and Adam have started saving for our deposit so if you're in the same boat or if you're looking at a big renovation project or anything interiors you'll want to check out our blog because it's a great great resource if you are enjoying the podcast i'd really love for you to leave a review i know there's quite a number of you now and the numbers keep growing in my analytics so i'm really glad that more of you are listening but i'd love to hear your feedback reviews obviously would prefer them to be positive but any constructive feedback is also really really welcome so that's that and let's get into today's chat hi everyone welcome back to put yourself first today i'm with victoria say hello hello hi uh we met a couple months ago at a weeblog north meetup and i followed your blog for a while because i feel like in the past couple years maybe it's part of growing up I'm just now obsessed yeah. with interiors and planning Definitely. my future dream house so would you like to introduce yourself and introduce what you do to everyone yeah so I run a blog called apartment number four um and I've been actually I've been blogging since about 2009 but I've started um a blog just on like fashion and it was when um ASOS used to be known as as seen on screen and I used to just do like kind of like celebrity looks. And that's what I started blogging as. And then I moved into interiors in 2014. And I kind of, like you've just said then, I'd reached a point where I had my own house, my own flat. And more of my um, like disposable income was being spent on like homeware instead of, instead of fashion and clothing and beauty products. So that's kind of when I transitioned into to writing more about interiors. And then that has since developed into me running my own like digital magazine and then I also run like an e-design course kind of like so people can come to me and if they want to like redecorate a room in the house but don't know where to start I can create like mood boards and floor plans and, and things for them and that's called the 99 pound room so yeah that's kind of what I what I do day to day I love it and I'm saving to buy our first house at the moment so I just love your blog and I'm just oh. in, I'm interiors <laughs> obsessed at the moment like every time I walk past a like kitchen place or a sofa place I'm looking in and I'm like law of attraction just picturing my Definitely. dream room. <laughs> yeah which we're gonna get into yeah, in a bit board. yeah <laughs> but going back to the interiors and your love of interiors and your expertise in interiors and curating these beautiful spaces how did that come about like how did you really develop that because I feel like it is a gift and it's a natural gift to some people but for someone like me 
it takes a lot of work to like yeah. put together such a stylish space it's quite hard to because the thing is I'm completely self-taught so when I um sometimes when I'm writing a post and things it's it's because I'm so I'm completely self-taught I, I sometimes feel and I know maybe I shouldn't say this but a bit of a fraud because I'm thinking I haven't gone you know I studied journalism at university so yeah I'm able to write and I'm able to to put a sentence together but in terms of design training it, it I would say instead of being more of an interior designer I'm more of an interior stylist because that way you're literally just relying on your eye and you know you kind of know what works that way um but I've kind of always loved, even though I went to I went to art college and I and I, I went to university to study journalism and I worked in publishing for the for the past eight years before I, I went full time on apartment number four. But interior like design is something that I've always loved. Like when I was twelve, I went to my mum and dad and said, you know, just let me decorate my bedroom and you know let me take control of this. And I got the Argos catalogue and I highlighted everything that I wanted and I saved up for it I saved up for all this you know all this um furniture that I was going to buy and I decorated the wall where I'd had um do you remember when everyone used to have like a, a dark bottom um of the room of the wall then a border around the middle you'd have like a wallpaper border yeah. and then you'd have a light color on top that was me cream and blue yeah and I absolutely loved it <laughs> once I finished I'd invite everybody around just come see my new bedroom but I'm just like that now <laughs> oh I love it I feel yeah. like I feel like that's why your blog content is so it can be so accessible because yeah. I would I wouldn't personally never pick up an interior design magazine yeah because I find oh, it's for me it's the equivalent of like Vogue versus you know a, a small magazine or a fashion blog Definitely. it's like they're full of the industry jargon and it's like oh intimidating and it's all these sort of high fashion like artsy people and I'm just like I don't know what this is I just want to make my room yeah. look pretty like just just share it, like your Ikea finds with me <laughs> absolutely there's nothing better than finding an Ikea hack that's I love that kind of thing I've got so much Ikea furniture but I just swap all the handles to things like that I've got from home sense or I'll spread I've got a filing cabinet from Ikea and I just spread the handles brass and it just changes it completely I love a good Ikea hack that's what we need but, um yeah definitely but no the whole I think the whole ethos behind apartment number four has always been being able to create a beautiful home on a budget it was it's never about going in with you know a two thousand pound sideboard and that that was the whole premises behind launching the the 99 pound room as well because like you say interior design can can feel really intimidating and it it doesn't have to be because you just want to create a really nice home that you come you know that you come back to after work and you enjoy being in that space and I think it's really achievable and not and you don't have to spend a lot of money yeah I agree I love it so we'll go back into interiors a bit later on but you've already mentioned what you do and what you offer in your business and on your blog do you want to go into a bit more about your journey from taking the leap to running your blog and your business online full-time yeah, definitely. I think it was more of a case for me. I didn't leap. I was to- I was pushed because yeah. I worked in. Um, I worked as the editor of a menswear magazine for the past eight years. I worked in um, up north, and it was you know it was what I dreamt of doing. When I went to university, I was like, right, 
studying journalism, I am going to be an editor before I turn 30. And that was kind of the goal I set. And by 27, I'd become the editor of this of a menswear magazine. And I got to travel all over and it was amazing. But I was, at the same time, I was still running apartment number four alongside it. So I was juggling both and I was working. You know, when people say that bloggers don't do much, that really annoys me because I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, I was coming home from, you know, like a, not even, a, I wouldn't even say it was a nine to five. It was like a seven to eight. You know, it was a full, a very, you know, full on job. And then I'd be blogging on an evening and then on the weekend, I'd be trying to take photographs while the light, while there was still light, um, especially through the winter, then writing on an evening and still trying to schedule all social media. So it was really full on. And then I'd slowly, in August 2017, I kind of went to my managers and said, is there a way that I can go down to four days a week and work and then I could work on my blog one day a week and they were really you know kind to say yeah that's that's fine we'll see how it works so I did that and that was like a slow transition and all in my head I was always thinking yeah I'd love to do apartment number four full-time but I can't see it happening within the next you know two or three years and then in March of this year I was made redundant just very suddenly and it was kind of, to be honest, it was the push that I needed because I I wouldn't have made that leap myself. I know I wouldn't have done because I was so dependent on that monthly wage coming in on the 26th of every month that I knew that I just wouldn't have taken the leap myself. But thank God I was pushed because it was li- it's literally the best thing that's happened to me. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. then in March, they, um, I was made redundant on the 20th, t- sorry, the 21st of March and on the 22nd that's when I started apartment number four full-time. So I went straight into it. I knew what I was doing and I knew that I wanted to, to make a, a success of it. Amazing. And how how did that feel, like, when you found out? Oh, it was, what when I was being made redundant, it was yeah. really, it's really hard to um, process because even though it wasn't a huge, it wasn't a massive shock, but it was still kind of like a, um, when you work in print publishing, you can see that advertising is declining. So this is the issue that that we had because you know, as a, when a company is going to stop spending money, they're going to pull the print advertising before they're going to pull anything else. Because it's huge, so, isn't it? Yeah. So I mean, you can see from magazines like you know, remember when Company went under, and you know there are there are big magazines that have that have kind of had to slow down you know glamour's gone to down down to you know like I think they're doing like a beauty supplement aren't they or a, a, a bi, biannual magazine I don't, I'm not sure but yeah so working in print we kind of expected that that was coming within the next couple of years but yeah it was it was a shock then I was really really upset then it kind of went to anger you go through all these emotions and then you go and then I kind of went through this like grief kind of because I'd worked there for, for the whole of my, like, basically what was the whole of my adult life. You know, I'm 33 now. Started there when I was 25. And it was kind of, um, I was grieving for the loss of working with all the amazing people that I worked with. So recently I was speaking to a, another girl that had been made redundant and she put on Twitter that she was, you know, she she was, you know, losing a job and she didn't know whether to go full-time with a blog and I privately messaged her and I said look I, I kind of went through something similar in March and just so you know you're gonna experience so many emotions and I think there's 
yeah it's it's like a breakup it's surreal um and it's only when you get talking to other people I feel like redundancy is like a real taboo issue still but when you get talking to other people and you kind of mention that oh you know I've been made redundant you realize how many people have actually been in a similar situation but they're just suppose you just don't talk about it do you just kind of get on with trying to find another job or launching your own business but yeah, yeah. I was I don't see any um there's no need to be ashamed. There's not, you know, these things happen, unfortunately. And, you know, you could work in, you could be the best in your company. And if, unfortunately, if that, if that's not making money for that company, the business, it, to make sense, it, unfortunately, you do have to lose some people sometimes. And it can absolutely be the biggest blessing in your life. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, I, I completely agree. I think with anything, people can feel a lot of, embarrassment and shame around it but absolutely absolutely do not feel that way exactly like if we can be vulnerable and just share it even just with someone in your life who you're close to yeah you'll probably have to go on twitter and be like hey guys (laughs) got made redundant today like but i mean it's it's the perfect marketing tool is social media and if you make people aware that you're looking for opportunities or you know can you can you help me guys I'm, I'm looking for a position with this and you know the amount of times that you see people that have been retweeted and they've found something through the avenue of, of social media so so yeah yeah I love that right so mm. you've been made redundant and then the next yeah. day you start your business full-time yeah what, what did you do like if someone is going through this whether it be things to like look after yourself, like your mental health, support yourself through that time, but also I want like practical specifics. You've you've sat down at your desk, you've thought, yeah. shit, I need to make this a full time business now today. What did yeah. you do? <laughs> okay, so basically, I made sure that I got up. At, there was no lying in for me. I thought, do not get into that that mindset of oh I'm on holiday now and you know I can I can lie in till whenever you I got up at the exact same time that I used to get up for my old for my other job and I, I I got dressed and I went to my desk and I thought right you need to make a goal of this so don't wait for those opportunities to come for you and I made sure that every day of that week I pitched to five new brands and I, I already had a media kit but I updated it and I sent out you know proposals and I arranged meetings with people and I was so proactive and I think it was yeah I because I was made redundant I knew I had that financial buffer and a lot of people are not in that situation that if they want to start their own business they don't have you know I knew that I had six months to be able to make it work and if and if not I would get a job and so I kind of had that that backing so I would say to somebody if you, I mean, I suppose this is not in terms of redundancy, but if you're looking to, to, you know, launch on your own business or, you know, and work for yourself, become self-employed, have at least three or four months full wage put away for you to last because the last thing you need is having a financial of, you know, hanging over your head, financial worries hanging over your head because it stops you from really, um, I don't know how to phrase it, it's kind of, in you just don't want to have that negative it's like a negative energy and a worry and it kind of stops that flow of 
of opportunities coming to you. I got up, I got dressed, I started to pitch to people and I I just I just really wanted it to work and I kind of just I had I don't I didn't really set any goals when I started because I just wanted to get get going and just let people know and I, you know I'd send emails out to press contacts and saying you know I'm working on apartment number four full time now I just wanted to drop by you know drop a little email and say hello and see how you're doing and and it's just kind of keeping those relationships going out I'm lucky that I had I'd been running that blog for so many years prior to that so it wasn't as if I was just starting from afresh if you know what I mean I'd, I'd kind of got those relationships the bill and yeah, one thing I would say the best thing that I did was update my LinkedIn straight away um, and I put that I'm now a you know freelance blogger interior design copywriter and various things and honestly within the, the space of like three three or four days I had somebody contact me to say could you help me write copyright some things for my interior design website that I'm launching my, like my homeware store um, and it was like yeah absolutely so LinkedIn is is a huge um, you know, plus when you when you've just starting out. Yeah, I've I've heard Holly talks about LinkedIn, and she says it's, yeah. she thinks it's really underutilized with bloggers and like creative industries. I'm, oh, it definitely. Is. I'm on LinkedIn, but I just don't use it. Like, what? Do you have any tips? Well, I always um, I learned that when I first started, I read about it because I was just LinkedIn was just never like. I never even really thought about it. The only thing I used to use it for in my old job was to find out what people looked like when I went to meet them. <laughs> yeah. I'd get on stuff, I'd go, I'd look, I'd check the face, I'd be like, right, I, I know you, so I can go say hello. <laughs> and then it was just a case of, um, I read up, when I started to kind of um, do some research into it, they said the, your first line, um, like your, your byline, should be exactly what you want people to search for. So I used to have founder of apartment number four now nobody's going to be looking searching for founder of apartment number four so that's why I changed it to blogger copywriter specializing in home you know home interiors so when people are searching for freelance opportunities that's when I would come up in their search so for you for example if you will you know you could update it to um coach you know business coach and you know things that you offer so when people are typing in they could they'll find you that way um and yeah, I just I just went to my old colleagues and, and asked for endorsements, um, but specifically for things that I wanted to do now in terms of like product styling, um, you know, copywriting, and yeah, so I just got endorsements from them and just tried it like a like a little project and just updated it for my new, the new chapter that was starting. I love that. I'm gonna go on my LinkedIn in the next week. <laughs> it's do on my it. to-do list. I'm gonna check. <laughs> I'll look at your face. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, I know what that looks like. Oh, I'm so bad. I used to have my old picture on there as well because Holly went on my profile and was like, "You've got your old hair on that, you know." I used to have like almost <laughs> black hair. She was like, "You look completely different. You need to update it." <laughs> so mine, mine used to be like MySpace, where you'd hold the camera like you'd have that weird picture where you'd hold the camera really high, and then thinking, "That's not professional at all. You need to get rid of that MySpace picture." <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I remember the MySpace days. Yeah, you hold the camera really high. Yeah. And like look up. Thinking, what? Duck, <laughs> what are you doing? Full, full duck pout as well. Absolutely, really concealer on the lips, really dark eyes. That was the classic. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so back to business um, <laughs> you're I feel like you're just such a hustler and I love that and Thanks. I love how committed you were like from the get-go like you say it would have been so easy to be down in the dumps and I think it's okay to go through those emotions and go through that grieving process absolutely if if you're going through a crappy time or if you're struggling in your business but I think at the end of the day you have to you just have to get up again and create your own future and I love that about you and your work ethic and a huge part of your blog and your I guess Per, like person personal brand would you say yes yeah you, you do talk about you know the law of attraction and goal setting in your business but from the perspective of really like creating space for that in your life and manifesting yeah. and you've already mentioned like get get that on your vision board I just want to go into this because this is something I'm really nerdy about and I love hearing about how other people yeah. use these more spiritual woo-woo practices in their business oh yeah so I'm a huge um a massive follower of the law of attraction it uh, you know I only discovered it last um, 2017 yeah last year when I I read the secret and I read I I got it on audiobook and I listened to it twice and I was thinking what is this like I just couldn't get my head around it I was just thinking this is just so random like what is this book that everyone's talking about and then genuinely the third time I listened to it, it was like oh okay and it kind of clicked and then genuinely I've, I've written a, a blog post about it it was life-changing it was I used to be quite um like I'm I am like a hustler if you, if you want to say that like I do I really and my work ethic is like honestly I'm, I, I've, I've always been the same and I love working there, I love creating things I love setting goals but I used to be in quite like a negative mindset and I and it was like I don't know now I look back I was thinking gosh I was like such a knob like at the time like I was really like just negative and just always looking like a real pessimist and 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 now I basically the law of attraction is is to to sum it up is we're all kind of made of energy that's kind that's that's and positive energy attracts positive energy if you get what I mean and negative attracts negative and um so you just kind of change your mindset and you you start to think of things and in a more positive way you become grateful for the things you you have and that's what I wasn't doing before you know I had so many amazing things in my life but instead of focusing on that I was thinking what I didn't have and you know I didn't have my own house and you know how was I going to be able to afford to save for a mortgage when I'm saving by myself and you know it was always negative and and then it was kind of like reading this book and changing my whole mindset was like, do you know what? You have a bloody gorgeous flat. You, you know, you don't depend on anybody else. You've, you can do what you want and you're living this amazing life and start being really grateful for the things that you do have because, Jesus, there are some people that, that would kill to have a, a life. You know, I've got a basic life, but there are some people that would kill to have that and you need to be more, like, kind of grateful for what you've been given so yeah, so then I kind of just um, integrated those practices into like my everyday life and I'd write, you know, three things that I was grateful for every night and I'd start doing visualisation, um, like guided visualisation on the morning and creating vision boards and just being able to set goals and 
put an intention out there because once you do that, whether you believe it's the universe sending you opportunities or you subconsciously opening that uh, that your mind to be able to to see these opportunities which you wouldn't have seen previously, then it, I don't care what anybody says if it's woohoo or you know oh god it's not why are you saying it's the universe if it works it works I don't care what you call it whether you're religious spiritual or what if you believe something and it works for you then you know absolutely we'll go with it when you were made redundant yeah. was that before or after you discovered the secret okay can I tell you something right this is so weird and only the people who know there were only like two people who know this because I went to them the morning before we were made redundant so I was made redundant in um March of this year so I'd already been practicing law of attraction for ages and I had a list of um things that I wanted to achieve and on the top of the list no that's a lie top of the list was get a Dyson vacuum cleaner and I got that second on the list (laughs) no second of the list was to work full-time on apartment number four and on the Sunday night before we were made redundant I genuinely spent about two hours cutting out things for a vision board really visualizing working for apartment number four and I knew I thought right I'm going to have this sum this lump sum of money and it's going to enable me to um work on apartment number four full-time and I was I spent ages and I was googling um salary calculator working out what I needed to earn and everything Anyway, I went into work on the Monday and I was like, yeah, I'm feeling really pumped. This is going to happen. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna be able to find this lump sum of money. You know, I might win the lottery or something and I'm going to be able to work on apartment number four full time. And I went to speak to my two like best friends at work and I told them about it and they were like, all right, okay, whatever. And by lunchtime, we were called into the office and by one o'clock I'd been made redundant and I got the, the same, the, the lump sum that I needed. I swear on my, I promise you this is a true story. And the only way that I can say it's true because I went to those girls before and we even knew we'd be made redundant and told them that I'd done all this on a Sunday night. Whether that's a coincidence or not, but that it's, it's, it's crazy and it's mad. Yeah. I feel like the difference between, you know, spiritual people or people lean in that way whether you're religious or not whatever doesn't matter I feel like the difference between those people and other people who are almost some people are like too rational to the point where like you could choose to see that as a coincidence or you could choose to believe something more and I think I always lean towards something more like surely that's not a complete coincidence I mean that's just there are things that have happened that are just like it's I mean if it's a coincidence then bloody hell I just it's just mad the things that have happened in my you know in my life and I'd put um on my vision board back in November last year um that I wanted a um a black Kia Sportage and I was like right I'm gonna get one no this was back in September sorry and I was like yeah I'm gonna get a black Kia Sportage I wanted one for ages a, a new car and I put it on my vision board and in November I got um, an email from the company that I got my old car from with new cars in and there was one, a black Kia Sportage in my price range that I could afford and I was just like, as if, like, why is this random email, you know, like just randomly emailed me and that could be a coincidence but I took it as, right, that's the universe and I need to buy this new car. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> oh, I, just, I just love stuff like that and it- when you first told me your story at the start of the podcast 
yeah that was the first thing I thought I thought like surely that's a huge sign from the universe I call it whatever you want to call it um it's a sign it's like a it's a push to take that leap and like you say you know it's, it's just so perfect that you you said you probably wouldn't have done that if you didn't have that push so it's no, like someone, something out there was just like, let's send a big push. <laughs> 100%. was just honestly, I, I know that people just won't believe that story about me manifesting that lump sum money and then the next day be made redundant. But I promise you, it's such a true story. And it was, it was, yeah, it's just, I always, I call it the universe. I call it a she. I'm like, she's delivered for me. That's fine. <laughs> always oh, got to be that. a woman. Yeah. God is yeah. a woman. Ariana's Absolutely. new Absolutely. <laughs> so in terms of I guess like day-to-day stuff then I know you've mentioned um writing down things you're grateful for stuff like that is there anything else when it comes to your day-to-day business work at your desk whilst you're working with clients anything that you like to do spiritually or otherwise I think you might do something similar that I read. I do something called a morning, like a miracle morning routine. And it's where I basically spend, I used to spend an hour, but I don't spend 30 minutes now. And it's it's such a good way to start the morning. And it's basically, I spend five minutes of doing six things. So it takes a half an hour. It's the first thing on the morning when I wake up, I don't even look at my phone. So I have all my notifications turned off and everything. So I will start by doing five minutes meditation then I go into five minutes like guided visualization which is basically just picturing how you want the day to go whether you're um you've got a meeting that you want to you know to be a successful meeting or if you want to pitch to some new clients and you want a good outcome you kind of just picture the best your best day possible happening um and then I journal for five minutes I'll read a book for five minutes and they can say you can read any book but I like to read kind of like self-help books and I'm reading you're a badass at making money at the moment I've just read that um, yeah it's really good isn't it I, yeah. I, it's, it's a good book um and then I do five minute stretching and gosh oh and, and five minute like affirmations and I listen to those and I've got the, like a download that I got from the female entrepreneur association it's just affirmations that just get you ready and in the, the right mindset for the day and it's like the best 30 minutes of the day it's just for me and I just yeah it's just ace do it all in bed apart from the stretching yeah I love that yeah I used to be super strict with myself about having this massive morning routine that was like an hour I think yeah I've I've tweaked mine over the years because I do I focus more on meditation now and read and yeah I do read a good like business related book as well but I do want to get into visualisation more. Um, I've just read the money book and one of my big things for the next like six months is working on my like money mindset and letting go of some yeah. beliefs I have around money. So I think I need to incorporate that together somehow. I need to read that book. I did a course with um, Sarah Aquazombi, who's um, an interior design um, blogger, but she does a lot of like um, manifestation and, and this course was called Money and Manifestation. And um, she did it with a, a lady called Jen. I can't remember her surname now, but she's kind of like a, a money coach. And it's mad at how things in the past will affect your attitude towards money now. 
and it's kind of like I always had sorry I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here no it's fine this. um when um my dad was self-employed and he run his he ran his own um mechanic business and it was really tough like when we were children and like we had a good childhood but that I knew from very early on that there were months where it was going to be you know really really tight and then there was going to be other months that were going to be really nice and we could go and you know we could go to Disneyland and we could, we could have a nice holiday but then there was I felt like this they had a really fraught relationship because of my dad working self-employed and then he, he left that business and he got employed by um, a hotel chain and suddenly their life changed completely he had this good wage that was coming every month and you could just see their happiness levels returning and I think that stayed with me and I think that's what stops me going from going self-employed for so long because I had this mindset of you're going to re- if you work for yourself you're going to really struggle and your relationships you're going to be tense all the time and isn't that funny and it just it, you just reminded me of that story now because when money it can change your attitude completely and things that, that have happened in the past and how you look at it yeah absolutely it's it's crazy how like deep-seated things get uh, yeah for me for me I don't know like I don't know how much I'm gonna go into it or I don't know how much it comes like I don't know where it comes from yet but yeah. I like I think of money in terms of like basically people who are rich are either like greedy or have too much money or just aren't good people so like why why would I be attracting like more money and growing my income and growing my business if I believe that about people exactly (laughs) and they're not I mean the thing you have to think of the more money that you have the more the more you can help people because the that my mindset was always right if I start this business I want to be able to um partner and and give money to, to a charity and help help a certain you know uh, you know charities and, and do do things and and then I knew when I launched that 99 pound room I just thought some of that needs to go to to a charity so I worked with I've got a corporate partnership with um crisis now the homeless they, they help support people out of homelessness so a, a percentage of each purchase of the 99 pound room will then go back to to that charity so you have to think in that aspect just because you're earning more money it doesn't mean you're any less of a and that you're not you know you're still a nice person you st- the more money you have the more people you'll be able to help with that with that money if you, if you understand what I mean another thing that I've been thinking about a lot recently is I feel like for me and for a lot of people and for like women in particular and self-employed yeah. women we almost feel this guilt or shame or imposter syndrome around being super successful or being yeah. like earning good money and earning a lot of money, but also almost being motivated by money or wanting more money. Yeah. And I just think at the moment I'm going through a bit of a period where I'm just like, it's okay. That's okay. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you're greedy or it's not superficial. I think Absolutely. We just have a lot of weird emotions around money. There's there's definitely a taboo around um, money. And there's always been that thing of, well, obviously you don't ask somebody how much they earn. You don't go to your colleague and go, how much do you get every month? But it's not like a sin to earn money and to want a better life and to be able to 
um, do something you love and, you know, being able to, to earn, you know, I thank the universe every single day that I get to wake up and make money <clears throat> in and doing something that I love. So it's just, there shouldn't be any shame in that. And I think you're right as women. And I also think we're almost sometimes scared to be asked to be paid. And I don't know if, you know, I found that, you know, I've worked with male colleagues in the past that if they want a pay rise, they will just go and ask for a pay rise and they'll tell, they'll tell senior management exactly why they deserve it. Whereas I found like sometimes I was almost like, I had to be just thankful for the fact that I've got a job and that I'm going to get paid every month. And, you know, thank you so much for hiring me when actually now I've, you know, I'm a little bit older and I'm, you know, a lot more self-aware. I'm like kind of thinking, no, because I bring a certain level of skills to that position. So, yes, I should be paid matching what, you know, I, I would do a male colleague. So, yeah, yeah that's different story altogether but yeah yeah totally yeah and I think it's a way it's a fine balance as well between like being grateful for what you have yeah and also knowing that there's more for you to come I feel like that's the law of attraction summed up yeah definitely yeah I I think there are too many people that don't know the worth and they undersell themselves completely and I just wish I could shake them and be like you're worth so much more than what you're charging right now and people will pay it but it's your confidence levels of you know I upped my um I upped my prices recently and there was kind of a thing of oh I don't know whether I should and I was thinking no hang on I've I've had the same prices for for years and in that time I've won multiple awards my readership's grown why am I staying at the same price that I was you know two or three years ago yeah so yeah yeah it's so true so love all that and I'm feeling so inspired can we jump <laughs> can we jump back to interiors yeah for of the can. last section amazing yeah so I want to get some like good quick tips from you today I realize that interior yeah. design is can be in can be a huge ongoing project and that's why you have offer your services to people but if someone is thinking about you know freshening up their interiors or if yeah. they're someone like me who's potentially designing their whole like first house or if someone's just built a house and they need to renovate it what would be your top tips and any like processes that you'd share with someone yeah, if I think they're going through that it can be so overwhelming you know I had a girl email me and she said I've just moved into a new build property so everything was white you know and she was like it's such a blank canvas I don't even know where to start and I was like okay so do you have you must have some one thing that you love you know is have you got your eye on a sofa that you like is there a a piece of artwork that you've got and you're kind of thinking oh I'd love to hang that in the living room but I don't know how to work around it kind of just start with a start with one piece it can even be like a cushion cover it can be anything like a color palette and and kind of work the room around that and I mean I recently like designed like a home office I just used to work in a spare bedroom before but I was like no that bed needs to go the wardrobes need to go I need to make it into a proper office and I didn't really know where to start and I had some um like prints from Decenio that I'd bought that were like um really pop like cool colors like blues and pinks and um they were from like the it was like the coast to coast collection so it was all like Miami um you know California San Francisco and 
I just kind of started with those and I knew that from that I wanted a color palette of like mint mint green pinks and mustard and then I kind of just started to pull things together on a Pinterest board that worked cohesively I don't believe in anything I don't when something's too matchy matchy I don't think it works so another point is try and don't don't think that you have to match everything because some of the best rooms are the most eclectic you know that have the most eclectic pieces and kind of like random pieces pulled together but there's something that always runs throughout whether it be a color palette or you know kind of like a theme of if it's like quite bohemian or you know quite scandinavian and yeah i don't i think people get too worried about team matching everything up and whether it works because if you really love something you it will work in the room you'll find some way to, to make it work yeah i feel like so, that's yeah, a good kind of to yeah definitely i think as well when you're decorating if you've just moved in with your partner for example you've got two tastes to be able to contend with so it's very easy for someone like me to just go in a room and say oh i want that that and that but when it, you were when you're living with somebody else the best thing to do is for to start a Pinterest board and, and say to him or her and say, you on a night, just put some ideas together so and, and, and pin things that you like and then you can see it as a whole and try and compromise on certain things like you really like this sofa that's quite different and they might like a sideboard or, you know, so it's, it's just about compromising but seeing if you can tie those things together and each have or maybe just each have a room and you know you say right well I'm going to decorate the living room and choose all the pieces in here and if and you can look after the downstairs toilet and that's it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that'll be, be mine <laughs> yeah. yeah you get you get the store cupboard is that okay and I'm going to look after the rest of the room <laughs> oh yeah I completely, I feel like when me and Adam move in, there'll be a lot of compromise. Yeah. Especially on my Sometimes end. guys are just like, oh, you take care of it. But then it's not fair because you're both living there. You're both paying the mortgage. So it should be a case of totally like, and if you have got different styles, then I would say to just try and like kind of do, make him or her, him or her go on Pinterest, just pin a few things that they like. And you can just see if you can kind of incorporate that, whether they buy a st- they buy the main dining table and if it's quite industrial or and you buy a, a velvet sofa and just kind of yeah compromise on the on the big purchases yeah yeah it's just like living together with someone in general in general literally yeah. and you know emotionally and everything else it's like you have to weave, weave in and out of each other and just become a part of each other's life so your home becomes like a reflection of both of you yeah definitely together. Yeah, with us, it's the exact opposite to most heterosexual couples because Adam is a graphic designer and he's very oh, fussy. Oh, yeah. like visual. Oh, he's so, and he's so, like, picky and fussy, as am I. But he's so industrial, minimalist. Yeah. Grayscale, black and white, strong lines. Like, everyone, yeah. and I'm just like, but can we not have a faux faux cushion? And he's, no! <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could tell him say honestly you could he needs to just run that industrial start in the downstairs toilet get to work with that and then you can put all the texture that you want into the living room and stuff so yeah yeah I feel like we do we do have a lot of crossover yeah but I'm just excited to 
like you say, design my like home office, which is going to be our spare room as well, because that yeah. can be like my haven then. With absolutely, there'll be so much pink. It's going to be. It great. just changes your whole mindset when you've got somewhere. You know, it, I felt like um, I hated coming to work in the spare room, and it was like I had a small desk, the bed, like double bed, built-in wardrobes, and I was just sat there and I was thinking. I feel like I need an art, like a proper office. If I, you know, I'm there's paper everywhere, and I just need to get organised. And as soon as I got a proper office where I came in, I closed the door, and I worked, the my productivity levels just changed completely. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I can't yeah. wait. So, yeah. what's your, what are your like current favourite items or trends or anything you're personally loving recently with your interiors? Do you know, I'm so, um, I don't really follow, um, like, I don't really incorporate trends into my home, into my own home. Like, I talk about them all the time, and it's just because I'm so quite eclectic with what I buy, it's hard for me to put a specific kind of, like, trend or term or onto it. But I absolutely love, I wrote a blog post about it, about, Scand- I called it Scandifornian, and basically it's a mix of Scandinavian like design with Californian styling, and it's it's amazing. Like it's just really like light woods and quite ashy, but with like lots of plants and quite like with a bohemian like quite bohemian running through it. So like like tassels, um, like embroidery, like a like um like a little, you know, like a poof, like embroidered poof and like a, a sheepskin um, rug and stuff. So, yeah, Scandifornian. People are talking about it because not many people, because I've basically made it up. But it's, it's, yeah, it's on apartment number four. Go type in Scandifornian, you'll be able to read all about it. I'm going to go straight after we get off this call. Yeah. And have a look. <laughs> <laughs> so to finish, before we go into the quick round, quickie questions at the end. Yeah. Um, any more like maybe three top tips for interiors that you feel like maybe make the biggest impact on a room whether that be a inside a secret that not many people would think of or just yeah. just little things that you do to add flair to a room so these are some tips that I've I've learned along the along the way but if there are little things that you just wouldn't um think about in the room so basically when you're hanging full length curtains a lot of people will just put the curtain rail directly above the um, the window. Now, to make the room appear taller, you need to hang your curtain rail up to the ceiling and hang ceiling to floor um, length curtains. And it really does. If you look on Pinterest, you'll be able to see it makes such a huge difference to hanging just standard length, the, the same length curtains as the, as the window space. So if you hang floor to ceiling length curtains with the curtain rail just up to the um ceiling it will make the room appear so much bigger amazing um yeah and then another point that I put I I, I put I've spoken about this already but just try not to worry about being too matchy matchy um you know getting matching cushions to the matching curtains and I know that there are places like next to who show that in the catalogue and it looks amazing but sometimes it can just it, it it loses the personality behind the room so I think sometimes people get too hung up on creating this Pinterest worthy home and really what your home should be is photo frames filled with with pictures of you and your family and you know little treasures that you found when you were traveling and that you picked up and things that you want to have out and you th- and I know there are so many people that think 
oh, well, I can't have that because it doesn't really match with my Instagram theme. And it's like, sod that. Get a hat, make, create a home that you feel, you know, that is warm and welcoming that you love coming back to on a, on a night. I love that. And, um, yeah. And I think the last thing, I wrote a blog post about this, but so many people forget about this, and especially if you're renovating, don't forget that how much of um, a difference skirting boards can make to your room because I think there's such a forgotten design detail. And I, I was surprised how many people reacted to the blog post that I wrote about why you shouldn't forget skirting boards because they were like, oh, my God, people don't ever talk about this. And I was like, exactly. But if you were to paint them in the same colour as your wall, it would make your house, you know, if all the woodwork was the same as the wall colour, you know, it, it makes the room appear larger. And if you um, paint them in a contrasting colour, it can really tie the room together. And if you get quite large um, skirting boards, larger than normal ones fitted, quite tall ones, it really adds, like it really elevates the room and it adds quite a looks kind of feel to the, to the place. It looks a lot more expensive. So yeah, those are things that you just don't really think about when you're decorating because you're concentrating too much on the colours of the room and the, you know, what colour your sofa's going to be and should you use a wallpaper or paint. But it's these little things that will tie it all together. Yeah, I love that. It's a ten- it's a little detail, isn't it? Attention yeah, definitely. to detail. I feel like is important to making a room stand out. Yeah. Amazing. So if, unless there's anything else you'd like to add with interiors, we'll move on. No, no. Questions. Cool. Yeah. So question number one is what's your go-to self-care ritual after a long day? So I will literally turn my phone off. I mean, probably from like nine o'clock and I just watch trash TV and I know people will judge me for this, but I love nothing better than to put on ITVB, watch something like Desperate Housewives or Real Housewives that they're called now um, and um, or Kardashians or something like that. And I will just, yeah. Or do you know what? I even just watch reruns of Friends. I just love Friends. So I'll just watch reruns of that and just absolutely chill off, chill out, sorry, and turn my phone off. I'm so on board with the Kardashians. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I could feel like I'm just watching something really highbrow, but no, ITVB. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, yeah, it can, for me, I can get almost too, I can get too into that kind of stuff and then I end up like binge watching loads of episodes. Yeah, definitely. And it, it like runs into my work day. But when I have it as like my thing at the end of the work day or at the end of a busy week, it's just like oh, brain off. Absolutely. Someone it's being, really being absorbed to... in someone else's life instead of my own on. <laughs> yeah. You just want something that you don't have to think about. You've been like your brain's been working overtime all day and it all night to be honest, when you're self employed, you never really switch off. So you just need something like mindless just to watch and just to kind of zone out and yeah not be thinking about about work or anything else absolutely and also I kind of love watching Chris Jenner because I feel like she's the ultimate hustler and I just love her I mean she really is isn't she if she's gonna make a commission off somebody she will she will make it <laughs> she will sell her own daughter she's not bothered <laughs> I love she's just like the ultimate business boss isn't she she really is <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm going off on tangents on my own quick round questions. Next question is what's challenging you to leave your comfort zone recently? 
Um, so do you know what? I would say doing something like this, it's, it, it, as, as I get further on in this, in this job of mine, opportunities come up that really push me out of my comfort zone. So I like to be, I'm like, I say that I'm an extroverted introvert, so I'm quite confident, but I am most happiest when I'm just at home and I just, I'm at home with my computer creating things and, you know, taking pictures and stuff. But recently I've really pushed myself to kind of like, whether it's speaking on a panel, saying yes to speaking on a panel or doing a demonstration. Like I did, a, I worked with B&Q to do a, an upcycling demonstration. And trust me, that is that would really push me out of my comfort zone because it, to to public speak is not something that I'm I'm very confident in doing. Um, so kind of things where people can see me or hear me that's really pushing me out of my comfort zone. Yeah, it's being more visible, isn't it? Yeah, and definitely more vulnerable because people are listening to this and thinking she's really northern, like she's really broad. I'm like, yeah, that's me. Exactly, that is you, and I bloody yeah. love it. Yeah, I thought. <laughs> I remember tweeting a few years ago, and I stand by this tweet. I feel like I should pin it to my profile. A Yorkshire accent is like a hug. <gasps> I love that. That's it's so a, true to me. A Yorkshire accent. A, I should. <laughs> a Yorkshire <laughs> accent sounds like a hug to me. I just. I'm here for it. I always think wherever you are in the world, if you hear somebody like from Yorkshire, you just, I feel like the family. Yeah. I'd be like, it, honestly, but like, I've been to San Francisco and I did this Yorkshire accent, I'd be like, are you lovely? All right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And you could have a Yorkshire accent and literally be scamming me out of my whole bank account and I'd still trust you and love you and be like, this Absolutely, person yeah. is my friend. <laughs> I find that with Jordans as well. I find yeah. that with Jordans. I, just, I love ringing EE because they're in, they're in Newcastle. I'm just like, I'll just talk to you all day. I'm not bothered. <laughs> Take whatever money you need. <laughs> oh, next question is, what are your goals for the rest of this year and 2019? Do you know, I just... I have one big goal and I've spoke about this previously is I would love to write a book and I'm kind of it's on my vision board I'm putting the wheels in motion whether that's self-published or whether I go through a book deal that's just something that I'm currently working on I've got a book proposal and you know there it's kind of in the um I don't know how you what that phrase is but the wheels are in motion that's what I'm trying to say so yeah if 2019 would be the year that I sign a book deal or kind of agree to self-publish then that would be amazing and I think it would the book would obviously be about interiors but it would be about decorating your first home whether that be a rental or whether that be a, a first you know purchase it's about creating that beautiful home on a budget and that's kind of everything apartment number four is about I love it I'm so excited and I know it's gonna happen for you because as you've clearly you know shared in this podcast yeah. you're a hustler and you make things happen and yeah yeah amazing. so yeah. um any resources that you're loving recently that are supporting your goals whether that be personal or professional yeah I, I think you know what I think not enough people shout about um Skillshare and I'm always on there and I, for my so it's basically if you don't know what that is it's basically a website where you can watch a video on how to do anything you know in, in relative you know it's kind of like you can learn about photography about illustration about um you know copywriting and it's it's amazing and 
you can sign up for free i've not paid anything I'm sure i haven't i think i just signed i don't have the premium account but i can just still watch the videos and it's i was because i run my own magazine i design it all on indesign adobe indesign and prior to de- deciding to launch i didn't know how to use indesign i didn't have a clue so i kind of just i've been self-taught on skillshare and i think it's amazing yeah. so that's definitely, that's definitely something to check out yeah that's fantastic I've heard about those sites but I've not gone I've not just gone ahead and signed up to them yet so I'm gonna go and sign oh, up to brilliant. that one because I'm you can do anything about you know branding about marketing it's it's there just covers so many things that help somebody who's running their own business yeah I was just about to say like if anyone's listening to this and they're starting a business or they're a blogger or just a creative person online I feel like the beauty of these sites is you'll find when you go especially when you go self-employed when you're first starting out and you're on that budget you're just like right I want to start a magazine like it's not just going to be a little dream in the back of your mind it's like yeah let's let's make it happen like let's figure it out definitely always helps when you've just if you've got a plan if you've got a goal write that goal and work backwards and see what you need to do in that time scale that you want to achieve it in and work backwards and set those points don't look at it as an overall goal you know one big thing it's like if I just thought to myself oh my god I'm going to write a book so where do I start no the the goal is now is to get the chapters in order and know exactly what cha- what the chapters are going to be and then I'll break it down by chapter and get the book proposal written and, and get a list of you know um, publishing houses that I can reach out to that are in correlate you know that in that align well with the the book that I want to you know create yeah love it so with that being said where can people go to follow and support you online and get involved so, with working with you potentially yeah if you just go to it's just a reader reader apartment number four so it's the the word number and then the number four um dot com and um and then just I'm, I'm on instagram at victoria underscore apt number four so just shortened so yeah and it'll be in the show notes anyway well it's so people will be able to to just check that out yeah definitely and um, i'm also going to link any of the blog posts that you've shared today so everyone can easily go and click yeah, on them definitely and i need to get involved with this scandifornia thing <gasps> scandifornia <laughs> absolutely it's a made-up word but it's it's real it's happening it's happening it's coming <laughs> 2019 SS, ss19 scandifornia absolutely. can everyone just remember that i've just made this up so when it becomes a big trend it always needs to be credited to victoria <laughs> number four thanks <laughs> oh thanks so much for chatting to me today no thank you so much it's been brilliant you're welcome and thank you guys so much for listening i will see you next time on put yourself thank you so much for listening to put yourself first if you enjoyed it or you have any feedback i would love you to leave me a rating and review wherever you're listening to this and if you'd like to reach out to me on social media to let me know you enjoyed it or just have a chat and say hi i'm at cat underscore horrocks on twitter and instagram and if you're feeling extra kind share this on to a friend who you know needs to hear this one too.